Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios. I know that's kind of an oxymoron right now because we're in Portland, but uh, (laughs) we're good. We've got uh, the pleasure of welcoming back today uh, Hall of Famer Paul Kirk. Paul, if you know anything about barbecue, he's not only a Hall of Famer, but he's a chef. He's the baron of barbecue. He's got more accolades than I've got uh room on my computer screen actually yeah uh, but all of that in a dollar can will get you a coke and mcdonald's there you go there you go uh before we talk to paul here i want to thank the folks at painted hills natural beef beef the way nature intended that's painted hills natural beef.com okay welcome back paul how have you been buddy been good the uh you know old fat and sassy same as always well that's good I kind of agree. I kind of look that way myself these days, so I'm not complaining. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> when we talked on the phone the other day, you said <clears throat> you were doing a lot with bacon. What are you doing with bacon now? Well, I've been making bacon. I started with my grandpa uh, when I was like nine years old, and uh, we used to make uh, blood sausage, liver sausage, and bacon, and. Uh, but when I when I mentioned blood sausage, oh, I love blood sausage. Oh yeah, it's but anyway, uh, he used to make bacon. Uh, he would buy hogs or get some somebody would donate or give him, or he would trade out. Uh, he owned a, a seed company here in Kansas City, and uh, so just like my mom when she was sixteen years old during Depression, she wore an ermine coat. Well, my grandpa traded out seed uh, for that ermine coat. It didn't cost any money. Sure. Uh, just things like that. But my grandpa used to get get a hog, either wild or uh, domestic, and uh, we would make sausage and bacon out of it. And I just I just love it. And uh, people say, oh, God, that takes too long. No, it doesn't. I mean, uh, basically, uh, if you use a... a a cure in some people. Oh, that's terrible. And okay, you don't have to do that. It just takes about 10 days longer to cure it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I do dry cures. I don't do a mirror, uh, whatever you call the other. Like brides? Uh, uh, to, to put it in water. Yeah. The brine, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, uh, in fact, I'm, I've got a, I've got a belly in the, Freezer, I'm gonna get out today because I'm uh, getting down to the end of. I make also I make uh, buckboard bacon, which is out of pork butt. Yeah, and uh, then the slab bacon. I I normally do different 
cures. And right now I have one I think I, I'm going to keep, but then in the ne- these next two that I'm going to do, I'm going to change up and do some different things, do different cures on them. Uh, and I collect cure recipes and I collect bacon recipes. I think I've got whole last count about a little over 25,000 cooking with bacon recipes. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. yeah, I know. I've, um, uh, I don't have near near as many as you do, but I was going through some files the other night, kind of reorganizing some stuff in my computer, let alone the printed copies. But I think I had somewhere around five to 6,000 recipes in my folders, yeah. and I went, oh, hell, I probably can't ever even cook that many anymore. But, you know, it's good to have them. Yeah, I agree. And I only have, uh, oh... 2,000 maybe cookbooks. Yeah, yeah. And my mom says, I hope I die before you because you're going to get rid of all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm guilty of that. Of course, doing this show, people send me their cookbooks before we do the right. interview with them, and that's fine. I love that, but I also... I'm a, I'm a garage sale guy. I love to snoop around in estate sales and that... And if there's cookbooks, uh, older ones, um, or if there's books on golf, because I love golf, but I'm always looking in the books for those two things, uh, you know, at the sales and find it. And I find some good ones, you know, and I go I through, and I'm, I, I find a good one or two and I go through them. And if there's one or two good recipes in it. I, I scan it or rewrite it or whatever. And that book just sits on a nice, well, the shelves are full. Let's just put it that way. Yes, I'll fill mine. <laughs> Let me see. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, sets of uh, shelves in here, bookshelves. Yeah. One of the four or five goes to the floor to the ceiling. They're all full. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got them. Got them in my. Then I have my autograph ones. I probably have maybe oh probably twenty five up there. Yeah, yeah, those are the good ones. Those are the fun ones to have like that. But one of one of the books that I found, uh, I bought online, and I think I paid five dollars for it. Was with uh, LBJ's uh, barbecue cook. Uh, Really. Yeah, and it was in one, of, and it was signed. Oh wow, wow, that's yeah. great. Well, let's get back to 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 bacon. I want to tell you a quick story, okay. uh, real fast here. When I was a little kid, I was the I'm the youngest in my particular family, and we would go up to my my grandfather's house, and out behind the house, out kind of between two barns, was this little little building. It didn't look much bigger than an old outhouse really and right. and i never you know i could never go in there because he always had a dog kind of staked out there <laughs> but <laughs> when he passed and the dog was gone by then i went in there and that was his smokehouse and yeah. that, that was the first time i was eight years old and that was the first time i'd ever seen a real smokehouse and you know, I, I just stood there and over the years i thought about how many hams he cured or uh, he was a uh, 
he was a farmer and so they you know they cured all their own stuff he made his own bacon and just like you're doing and all that but they also raised lambs and you know he made his own jerky and stuff and that uh and the I don't know what you would call it, Paul. You tell me the resin or whatever on the wall walls in that smokehouse. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it was pretty thick and it was a pretty strong scent when you opened that door. But I still remember that to this day that it was just this little kind of uh, at one point it was painted red in its career. But that painted long faded and pretty much gone. But <laughs> but it was pretty cool. And there was just this little pit, little fire pit in the floor. And yeah, well, my on my granddad's the uh, it was built basically on the side of a hill, and he would it was uh, you know had a, like a basement in it, and he would just had his fire in there and just go up to the top. It was a little bigger than it was probably made two three outhouse size. Yeah, and uh, and I so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just thought it was great, and it had a little it had a little um, like a. I don't know what you call it, a peephole or something in the door. You could just kind of, and it had this little thing that covered it, but you could slide it and look in there and see what was in there. Uh, And at eight years old, old, I was barely tall enough to look into that thing, but (laughs) it was pretty cool. So when you could have stood on the dog, I could have stood on the dog, but I think that damn dog probably would have ate me. He wasn't known for his friendly dogs, you know? Um, Yeah. When you're, when you're doing, the you know like curing some bacon and stuff right when do you buy the whole hog all the time or do you just buy bellies or oh, no, what do you I, buy the, I buy the bellies that's when the costco carries them sam's carries them and then i go down to uh restaurant depot and and also get them the problem with one restaurant depot is they have the skin on and i don't like messing with the skin because i don't really have a use for it right. uh so i take that off and that's a loss so um, but Sam's and Costco, um, sometimes they even have half bellies, um, which put in a, I usually do my cure in a two, two and a half gallon Ziploc bag and, uh, fits just fine and, uh, put them in my refrigerator I have down in the basement and turn them every day and then take them out and let them sit. Well, I clean them off and then you let them sit and then get the stickiness on it in about two days uh, called peckle and then, then I'm just smoke them. Uh, how long do you keep you know, them? Dangerous. How long do you keep them in the brine, Paul? Uh, in the uh, brine, I don't do but in oh, the, in yeah. the dry rub. In the rub, uh, sorry. I usually do a week. Yeah. Because I'm using the cure. I'm using uh, pink salt. Uh, if you don't use the pink sauce, you do it probably 14 days, 14 to 20 days. And, uh, you get the same thing. You just don't get the protection of the potassium nitrate and people say, Oh, that's terrible. And then don't use it. You don't have to. Uh, but I do it. It's quicker and I go through it quite a bit. <laughs> I have friends that going to make any bacon lately. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, um, um, there's one guy that makes, uh, he's got a little, not far from where I live and he's got a, you know, he's got a shop. I mean, and it's well known yeah. and they're always busy, but that's the only place I buy commercial bacon because, yeah. uh, that stuff you get in the stores is so thin. Even if it's thick cut, it's, it's, 
it's just not very good compared to what you can buy from somebody oh, I agree. that that's doing their own their own curing and smoking. Yeah. 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 We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with uh, the Baron of Barbecue himself, Paul Kirk, right after this. Please stay with us. Now, Red Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals. And you, sir, do not have a pair of testicles if you prefer drinking from glass. Hey, Red Solo Cup... Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Barbecue Nation Radio Network. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Paul Kirk. But I want to remind you of something. You know, a reverse osmosis drinking water system from Culligan can remove up to 10 times more contaminants than your filters in your pitchers. You know, learn more about this from your local Culligan dealer or go to heyculligan.com. That's heyculligan.com. And let me tell you, doing all the cooking that I do, if you don't have good water, it's not going to work out very well. Now, let's get back and talk with Paul Kirk, the Baron of Barbecue, coming to us today from Kansas City. So, Paul, um, all the awards you've won, all the books you've written, I mean, you've got a very storied life, and in a good way. Uh, it's incredible what you've produced and what you've done. I want you to think about it for just about two seconds. But after all of that, and you're still going strong, what have you learned about anything, life, barbecue, what have you? Jeez. <laughs> you want to put it on me, huh? Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know. The, uh, you know, number one, I love what I do. And I don't mind, you know, sharing with people and, and telling them what I do a lot of times. You know, what's in your rub? I said, well, sugar and spice and everything nice. Mm -hmm. uh, but I said, you know, you identify something, and I'll tell you it's in there. I won't give you proportions. Uh, but... You know, I will help them build a rub, you know, so they can barbecue. And then I said, I don't want to develop my profile into you. I want you to develop your own profile. And uh, so that's why I don't tell them what's in my, I used to tell people what's in my rub. And then I do my, when I did my classes, I would do, I, all I was getting in clones of what I did. Yeah. I said, that's not, what do you like? You know, and tell them ways to they they can taste spices and try to identify them and stuff like that. Uh, probably the best student I had tasting spice was Jim Erickson. Uh, he was he's in Washington. I'm trying to think of the mountain town he lives in, but I can't. Uh, one time we went up to a, a, a student in a barbecue contest, and hey guys, come here and taste my secret rub. We broke it down probably within a teaspoon of what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he said, well, you do SOBs? I said, well, wait a minute. You ask us. Yeah. Because <laughs> I knew how he built his rub. And uh, Jim and I could both identify, you know, seasonings. Sure. And taste them. So. Sure. But 
you know, I, I think probably what makes me feel the best is is giving to what you know, helping people do do something so they they are they are good. Yes, uh, or come up and you know, one contest, you know, three of my students just kicked my rear. And doesn't that bother you? I says, no, it makes me feel good. Oh, sure. The, uh, because, you know, I don't, you know, people say, uh, one time on one of the barbecue forums here, uh, a big time barbecue, and I won't mention the SOB's name, but that's neither hurt or there. Uh, he says, you're always bragging about all your world championships. What are they? Well, I had to get a bottle of my barbecue sauce when I made it because uh, it's listed on there, so I remembered what they were. I mean, that's how impressed I am with them. But, you know, uh, what does it feel like? I said, it feels great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can do the same. Just pay attention to what you're doing and learn. When when people are building their rubs, Paul, <clears throat> uh, you know, there's some basic things that go into it. and if they want to try to derive a unique flavor or whatever. But one of the things, and I've been doing this a long time, been doing the cooking a long time and all that. One thing that I always kind of scratch my head over is that when you look at the breakdown of ingredients, and this is one that they're actually giving you the portions, but I look down and say, you're going to make, you know, a five pound batch of this rub, just for example. And you get in there, and there's a quarter of a teaspoon of cumin in it. Um, mm -hmm. On a big volume like that, sometimes I go, I'm not sure that that's really affecting the flavor. So talk about your thoughts on uh, proportions and, you know, how they affect the outcome of the rub and the flavor when it's when everything's said and done. The, basically, what I do, I, I say we do everything on balances, and I tell them, and I give them. I think I have five rubs on a piece of paper, and all the ingredients in there. And I said, okay, we start with a cup of sugar and a cup of salt. Oh my God, that's a lot of salt. I said, well, we'll, we'll address that later. Uh, so in the salt, we have what salts do we have? We have seasoned salt, garlic salt, celery salt, onion salt. Uh, kosher salt, plain salt, sea salt, all that. And I said, you must use four. We have those, on those four salts, you must use at least two of them. And I had to ask him how many, you know, ounces in a rub, how many teaspoons in or in a cup, and how many tablespoons in, in an ounce, and break it down. A lot of people just don't know that. Right. And, uh, I said, okay, say you're going to use all four of them. They use a half a cup of one, a fourth of a cup of another, two tablespoons, two tablespoons. There's your 16 tablespoons. That's the balance. I said, okay, the next main ingredient in your rub would be paprika. I want you to use a half a cup of paprika, not a third, not a quarter, a half a cup. Okay, now uh, then I want to balance between pepper and chili powder. Fourth of, uh, a fourth of a cup to two, or let me see, two tablespoons to a fourth of a cup. So, say so you use a fourth of a cup of, of black pepper, then I want a fourth of a cup of chili powder. Okay, there's your basic rub. Yep. Now, 
what are your three favorite ingredients? And most people don't know what they like as far as flavors go. Sure. I said, okay, I want you to put a teaspoon or less of three of your favorite seasonings. And if you want heat, I have Cheyenne, as my Korean cook used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Chef, I got enough Cheyenne in here? Yes. And uh, then um, I've totally had habanero and I had uh, jalapeno. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Paul, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul, Paul Kirk in just a minute uh, here on Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Network. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Hey, if you'd like to email us, it's very simple. Just go info at thecowboycook.com, info at thecowboycook.com. Also, you know, you can find these shows on, I think we're 17 platforms now out there. If you want to listen to the podcast version, if you miss the regular radio show on the network, uh, you can do that. You can go to SoundCloud. You can go to Chartable. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Apple. You can do um, Pandora. You can do all those, and you can find the show out there. And um, we've also got a, a Twitter. We've got a couple of Twitter accounts. So you can want to look at mine. It's Cal Cook 57 is what that is. So you can check that out. We're talking with Paul Kirk today um, and the Baron of Barbecue. And I always love talking to Paul because he's he's just gives you the straight answer. And I always appreciate that. You know, um, I, I really do. In the I want to go back down memory lane a little bit as far as KCBS, Paul, when you guys got. Together. And you were guys were all working on that, Carolyn and and her husband and you and and Artie and the crew. Um, first of all, I, I guess I would say, how many beverages were consumed at that table that night? Well, we all had a bunch of you know, <laughs> Seven Up, Coke, and Pepsi. Or yeah, okay. Miser and Coors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but what, what I, I've asked Carolyn and she gave me, of course, we've talked to her almost as many times as we've talked to you on this show. But um, what prompted you guys to actually to do that? I mean, what was the need? I mean, when you saw it, did you did you say there's a need for this and we're going to organize this and, and run with it? Or I'm just trying to figure out what was the impetus to really make KCBS up and running? Well, here's my version. Okay. Uh, okay, my first uh, barbecue competition was the second American Royal. And I did pretty well. I won, uh, I came in, I think, reserve grand champion. Uh, and the next year, Gary, uh, we had talked about it, and, and I knew Gary through Guy Simpson, the rib doctor, who's passed on now. Uh, in fact, both of them have. Um, 
I got to mention no Gary through Guy because I used to borrow Guy's trailer because I didn't have a van or a pickup at the time to haul my homemade cookers, barrel cookers in. Um, and so we got to talking and uh, Carolyn is from Tennessee and uh, was big with, uh, she, I'm trying to think of what she sold. It was a marinade. Uh, and uh, based uh, in so she they had been through Memphis and May a lot and uh, I don't know we get to got talking about it and uh, Gary put on a contest and uh, which actually paid money and uh, so we did that and he got it I think from the mayor being this the official barbecue contest of Kansas City. Well, that upset all the American Royal, and I was a volunteer at the Royal um, at that time, too, and then also I, I attended Barca's uh, place, and uh, one guy, George Zahn, used to come in all the time, and, you know, I could put his uh, what did it, Presbyterian drink uh, on the bar. I had it there at five o'clock and at five o two, he'd be there uh, <laughs> every day. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we got to know each other and uh, stuff like that. And he was one of the people that started the American Royal Barbecue Contest. And uh, so it was put out by George and the people at the American Royal. Anybody that goes to Gary's contest will be blackballed. Well, I had a sponsor there, a meat company that uh, gave me my meat, and I told, the guy called me up and said, you know, we need you there, and I says, no, I'll, let me talk to Gary. So uh, Gary called me, and I says, you know, we're going to be blackballed, and I says, I can, I'll come, but my wife won't. I said, well, we need both of them, because we were the hottest barbecues in the, in the city at the time, in the early days. And uh, things gone by. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so I went and I won, and I won a trip to. Although my wife had won to Lenexa, uh that summer, uh, and uh, I won the first one, and she won one, and uh, so we won a trip to the Virgin Islands, which. Uh, I guess Gary and Carol had a timeshare down there. And uh, so um, we go, and, and Grand Champion paid, uh, and I couldn't win a first place. It just drove me crazy. This black guy uh, who we thought cheated anyway, he won Grand Champion, and Gary could see his disgust on my on my face every time I went and took a second place. I mean, how how be a little late. So... Uh, and he knew I'd won. And so I won, won the grand championship and seven hundred dollars. Well, we're going to the, to the, uh, island. So, hey, that's great. And, uh, so I walk on premise and George meets me and he called me everything but a child of God, uh, being a traitor. And that was, I think, the only contest I have never scored in. Not a thing. So we got Gary and I and a bunch of people got together and said, we need somebody to represent us in these, because we had a meeting with the, oh, that's what it was. I told him 
how great Benson May was. I said, it's the Mardi Gras barbecues. Uh, so they came down the next year I was down there, and uh, then they come back, and we're going we're gonna to switch to that type of judging. And so we needed, I told Gary, we need somebody to represent us like Artie who doesn't compete but is very involved in barbecue. So uh, we do that. We uh, can't take the insurance man's name, uh, who he did a meeting at his office over in Westport. And uh, that's, you know, and that's when George did all this. And uh, so, uh, Gary, we need somebody to do this. And, and I think that was, I say that was the seed that, uh, started, you know, thinking about an organization to do that. And that's, that's basically how it started, uh, you know, through peril, um, the way they treated barbecuers. And, yeah. Um, so they, they said, because they were going to do it like Memphis in May. And that's just like on, uh, I remember it in the judging of that contest and they did it that way. Uh, I guess, well, they were going to use both scores rather than throw out the, the lowest score. And uh, so I remember Jerry Gosha, who was the uh, news commentator, and she was my judge in sausage. I says, I'm sorry. I said, I don't want to serve you this. I said, it was ready an hour ago when you were supposed to be here. Uh, I don't even want to serve it to you. And uh, it was dried out, and I don't have any fresh to, to cut. And they said, well, I don't know. I'm here. I'm going to, you know, yeah. just things like that. I mean, they were so, they were over an hour and a half behind eventually when they finished up in this on-site judging. And uh, so that and I think that's what started to, you know, we need somebody to represent us with these contests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there comes a point. I think it's like any grassroots organization that builds up. You see a need for it. There's something that, you know, pokes you in the eye and not setting well with people and you develop uh, like you guys did with KCBS. And then it, uh, it grows from there because obviously you hit a nerve. There was a need for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've got about two and a half minutes left where we have to go to break, Paul. How do you think KCBS is doing today? I don't know. I don't, since I don't really compete, I only do like four contests a year if I do that. And sometimes I'm on other teams helping them. Um, I think they've done very well. I think I hear bad things that are going on with KCBS. Uh, a few people get in there with a, an agenda and they want to run it their way and do things their way. But overall, I think they've done, you know, been very yeah, good. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And Carolyn still, yeah. even though she's uh, backing off a little bit and, uh, you know, she's earned that certainly, but I think as yeah. long as Carolyn's around, it'll, it'll be a, a good organization. Not, that's not, I agree. that's not poking, poking the bear at anybody else, but you know, she's one of the founders. And so you got to kind of stick around and stick to your principles. I think that's, that is true. that's kind of, kind of where I'm at with that. Um, yeah. real quickly, what have you got on the smoker today? Nothing. Nothing. No, I mean, it's a barbecue potato chips right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, that counts, I guess. That counts. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, before we go to break, I want to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef for sponsoring the show and this segment, and also the folks at Gunner Wilhelm Knives. If you want some really efficient, good knives at a reasonable cost, check out GunterWilhelmKnives.com. I've got some. I really like them. They're very balanced, um, easy to work with, and uh, I use them not only on an everyday thing, but I use them when I do my TV stuff, so... Uh, check those out, GunnarWilhelms.com. We are going to take a break. We're going to be back and talk more with Paul Kirk, uh, the Baron of Barbecue, the guy who's won more than he cares to remember. And uh, this guy can tell you more about barbecue than pretty much anybody on the face of the planet. So we're going to be back and talk with Paul in just a minute. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Uh, I'm JT. Today we're talking with Paul Kirk. Um, If you're savvy at all about competitive barbecue or you're serious about your backyard barbecues you've probably uh either read one of paul's books have one of paul's cookbooks um watch something on him online and it's a real pleasure to have him with us uh again out of out of all the things you've created the rubs the sauces the different dishes what have you what's your favorite I have no idea. Uh, my problem is I'm looking for the best possible food I can cook or eat or create, and I haven't got there yet. So I'm always trying to improve, always trying to something new, trying this and that, uh, and, and that's what makes me tick. I, that's, you know, I very seldom cook a recipe more than twice unless somebody requests it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got about, not that anywhere close in comparison to what you do, but I've got about three that I cook, I won't say on a regular basis, but if we're having guests over or something and like I'm cooking tri-tip, I'll use those recipes because they've they've had them before and they like them. And so, you know, sometimes they say, are you going to cook tri-tip? And I say, okay, I'll do that for you like that. But most of the time, it's like you, I'm a one-off deal i'll create a dish and say that's pretty good and i and i write it down or i remember it or you know what have you depending on the simplicity of it uh but then write i write it down you say write it down i do most of them i, oh, I know but see i have so many people say oh paul i did this i put this together together uh i says well can you tell me exactly what you did well no i just did it i said well when you do it write it down then you can reproduce it uh, you have a recipe. You right. don't have to go. Uh, there I did this and that, and so. Oh yeah. Do you ever get uh, ideas from like classical dishes? You know, you're looking at a, you know, I don't know, pick one. Um, you know, uh, chicken Kiev or something, and you ever look at that and say, you know, I could do that, but I can do this, and then I. 
I vary this and that and do this and that and then take it from there? Yeah, but I, I can't give you any examples because I haven't done any of that lately. The, uh, but no, I love to take a classical recipe and do different things with it. And there again, baking comes into a lot of it. Uh, and it's like I, I do a salmon bacon also, which would be great for you guys out there. Whoa. Uh, the, uh, and, and lately, uh, catering-wise, I've done a couple one I just one gal, she had to have the, the salmon with the skin on. He said, well, I like the skin, too. But uh, the uh, I said, now, when I cook it, people ask, you know, I have some people, well, and I do not do see the fillets. I, I haven't done a whole salmon in quite a while. Uh, but they'll say, how long you cook it? Two, three, four hours? What? <laughs> About 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I said, when a white protein starts coming up through the salmon, it's done. Take it off. Yep. I hate overcooked salmon, or and I do a lot of trout too. So, yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, we get a lot of that out here. And the other, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, um, I don't know where the idea originated, but the manufactured part of this came from up in my neck of the woods here, which is cedar planks to cook salmon on. That I don't like that myself. I'm, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I know some people love it. That's great, but I don't like because cedar's got a lot of oil in it. You know, I'm I come from a logger town when I was a kid. You know, and so I'm fami- yeah. I'm familiar with the trees. But I I'm yeah. just a I'm a guy that likes to stick to the basics when you're cooking. Same here. Yeah, it's hard to beat the basics, uh, and that's I think where people screw up. Now, I, when I do salmon, I basically do say a cup of brown sugar. A tablespoon of Old Bay, a tablespoon of granulated garlic, and sometimes I'll put a tablespoon of rub. Then I'll cover it with anything from mustard, mayonnaise, yogurt. Uh, originally started, uh, we were in a contest down in southern Missouri, and they had we were doing salmon, and we used lemon yogurt, but it's hard to find just plain lemon yogurt now. And then I put that on, and I do it for, like I say, 20, 25 minutes. And when used the the mayonnaise or the yogurt, it's it's tough when the white stuff comes up. You don't know if that's the yogurt or the <laughs> mayonnaise. And uh, so, but you know, it's it's good. Yeah, it's good. And um, I've told this story many times, so listeners, please forgive me. But I've got this old hundred and fifty dollar offset that I cook my salmon on and that's all I do. on. I've had this thing for 20 years and it's kind of rickety, but, uh, a bad guy for that. <laughs> and, uh, but I'll tell you, that's the best salmon smoking, um, machine I've got. Uh, and I've got other ones, you know, smaller ones that were made just for fish and so on and so forth. But I, if we're going to do some salmon, I break that old thing out, wheel it up to the, back porch put it there on the sidewalk and and uh i go to town with that thing <laughs> and they see all these other expensive cookers sitting around and they got this whole rickety thing and i say hey it's it works trust me on that how many cookers you have uh not that many i think about eight. Oh, i'm about double that yeah i'm about 15 yeah i uh well i gave some away uh, earlier this year, cause the boss said, uh, she actually wanted to be able to go out and sit on the patio. So, um, and I had some older ones that I'd used. And so there was a couple of people I know that, um, 
Well, they were just kind of getting started. They'd moved into a house. They'd finally bought a house, moved out of a, you know, apartment or whatever. And they had a house. So I gave them a couple of the older ones to, to help, uh-huh. them, help them do that. And you know, that that's fine by me. I I'm good with that. Well, that's better than me. I've loaned some out and lost several. Oh, that's not good. They just keep going. No. The, uh, well, I've been very fortunate. I've never really had to buy a pit. Uh, so. Yeah. Real quick, Paul, in like 40 seconds or less, if you can, what's the best piece of advice you can give to somebody who's just starting um, in the world of barbecue? Not competition, just at home, cooking. Have patience. Uh, learn what your pit is doing. And just pay attention to what's going on rather than sitting there drinking a beer. Uh, find out your hot spots in your pit, uh, grill, whatever. The easy way to do that is get some, go to Aldi and get some canned biscuits and crank it up to 350, 400 degrees and put a bunch of uh, biscuits in there. And when they raise, that's a visual and you'll remember that rather than putting a thermometer in there. Yeah. And then they also have some macerated strawberries. Or blueberries, and you can have some nice strawberry shortcake or blueberry shortcake. Yep. Along with it. Yep. So. I love that. I love that. All right, Paul, uh, stick around for the after hours, folks. We are going to get out of here. We've got uh, Bill Wheeler coming up in the next hour for those on the network that take the two hours. And uh, we'll be back next week for those who don't. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And we want to thank Paul Kirk for being with us today. Take Thank you very much. Call me again anytime. We will. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.